They're the boys in the back room. We have a guy who works in the back, Eric Jones. He's the big German. Be nice to Marvin. He'll be taking your calls today. Chat row, Tyler, the moderator, handling the duties there. A couple of weeks ago, Dylan was getting us breakfast. Now he's doing graphics on this program. You know who? Blame Mario. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the uh, backroom guys are not allowed to eat until 12.15. You're now listening to the 12.15 Club. Back at it again for another edition of the 12.15 Club. It is Mutt Ario here in the mic, joined as always by Eric the Big German, Marvin the Prince, Dylan the Graphics Guy, and our guest this week, Seton, or Patrick Seton O'Connor. I was going to go Seton Patrick O'Connor, like Patrick was your middle name. But, right, uh, right. I'm going to screw that up. But nonetheless, thank you for joining us. Thank you for uh, spending some time after a long week. Um, see, and we're just going to jump right into it. How revealing is your calendar shoot? Um, I heard there was um, nudity. Um, I don't know if some is the proper adjective to describe it. Can you give us a little insight into uh, how much meat was shown? Uh, I would say it's extremely revealing. Um, on many levels, it's not only physically, but emotionally, um, it's powerful. <laughs> so it, uh, it really shows a lot of myself both inside and out. So what was it like, uh, getting into the pool? I know Dan had mentioned that he was throwing some ice cubes in there. Um, was it an uncomfortable shoot? Was it, you know, you're about around a bunch of dudes with anybody else outside of, you know, the guys that we work with there. You know, I got to tell you, I was oddly comfortable, like extremely comfortable in the moment. Uh, it was like, that's what I do every day is walk around Dan's exterior, the exterior of Dan's house <laughs> naked and just hop in his pool and get out, look at some pictures. How about, hey, how about we shoot over here and just, you know, walking around bare-assed on the, uh, the grounds there was just, it was freeing and it felt good. I don't, can't say that everybody else there had the same experience, but I was I was in my element, no doubt about that. Compared to you've had some infamous pictures, to say the least. Uh, compared, and I think probably the most infamous one is the turkey one from the 2019 calendar. Compared to that, how does it rank uh, amongst your most revealing or disturbing? Maybe disturbing is the right word. Uh, I think that's eye of the beholder. I don't know if <laughs> well, I would say enough. that necessarily. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, the turkey one was, I think, so shocking because I don't think anybody really expected it. And I think that there was sort of a slow reveal where you saw my face and you're like, oh, that's funny. It's his face on a turkey body. But then you kind of like saw nipples and tattoos and you're yeah. like, oh, my God, that's his body. <laughs> you know, and it was just kind of shocking that way. This I don't know if this is going to have the same shock value. I don't anticipate there's a lot of skin um but i don't anticipate nearly as much uh like upset social media reaction about how (laughs) i destroyed a national holiday (laughs) i don't expect that this time do you expect to uh cause some disturbance in the workplace like a lot of our fans have our calendar you know in their office in their cubicle and they're like my boss is walking by and i have to cover todd's butt well, you know, because, yeah, you know, you don't want to see his crack. Do you expect any like HR causing HR issues in the workplace? Um, you know, it's possible, although now even after I, you know, I also redid the one that was probably most disturbing, actually, wasn't the turkey one. It was the reenactment of the Todd and Corbin picture. 
which is just that even when I see that, I'm like, why the hell did I do that? Why in the world did I do that picture? Like what, what, what kind of a dumb idea was that? Um, but it is kind of a one that lives on in infamy, I guess. So um, I would put that one up there with this. I, I think that you can display it at work. Okay. I think so. It depends on how there's one specific part of editing that still needs to be addressed. <laughs> um, that I, I guess I can't give away too much. Uh, although I think everybody and their brother knows exactly what album cover I shot. There is one very specific piece of editing that still hasn't quite been worked out. And I'm wondering if that's being kept for me. <laughs> um, but uh, that we'll have to see when the, when the final product is revealed. Dill, you got a question? Um, yeah, so I was gonna. I was actually gonna ask what the censorship level would be on the uh, on your calendar thing, but I do think if it is, you know, if there is some censorship, you should make sure that the like, you know, black square or whatever it is is really big. Correct, correct. That's what I would like. However, working in this place as long as I have, and I think frankly as long as you guys have now, uh, you know that that's not going to be the case, <laughs> and that likely it will be the exact opposite of uh, a gigantic censored area the pool was very cold i will say that <laughs> we're being joined by seaton o'connor here on 1215 club seeing just to transition here what are your expectations for the emmys on tuesday <laughs> um i know that we're gonna have fun mm-hmm. no matter what um i think it's i love that it's just it's awesome it's super cool i'm not gonna lie i am crushed when we don't win i really am I really want to win. I think mostly because it's not something that I ever even thought was remotely possible in life. You know, like you grow up and you see the Emmys are on TV. It's like, you know, thinking like, oh, yeah, we have a shot in an Academy Award. Like, how? How the mm-hmm. hell is that possible? And now to have it this being the fourth time. And I don't know. It just feels like it would really be. We've done this show for so long, starting it in Dan's attic. And then to win an Emmy feels like it would be like that cherry right on top of like, hell yeah, this is awesome. Um, would, I, would this one uh, hurt any less given that you've experienced that pain of losing it or would it hurt more being that damn fourth time and we still can't win it? Um, well, this one is unique in that most of the content was done post AT&T DirecTV. So even though they technically we were still there for the first month of the year or something like that, it still goes with the DirecTV AT&T crew too, which mm-hmm. is awesome. It's mm-hmm. actually kind of like best of both worlds because those people worked really hard on the show for a really long time. And it would be great to have that, their effort rewarded with something so special. Um, but then also to have the crew here recognized and everybody, like, not just because you guys are here sitting doing it, but, like, Eric, you know, the German, you know, everybody here has picked up all these extra roles that, like, <laughs> I don't know if people really understand, <laughs> like, what the production is like now, you know, and just the different hats that everybody is wearing and how different I can guarantee you it is than PTI at Sports Center <laughs> and – MLB tonight and everybody else. <laughs> I guarantee you that the people who are directing and producing and doing the graphics for that show, I, 
it is a night and day scenario. <laughs> and so I'm like, damn, would it be awesome? Just like I'm like, I'm like working class kid. You know what I mean? I grew up and nobody ever thought like one day I'm going to get up and win an Emmy. I kind of get the same vibe from some other people here, too, that like, who the hell would think that I would be somebody nominated for an Emmy? But we are. We mm. all are. And so like, damn, hell yeah, man, I want to win. You know, um, is it going to be any more or less crushing i don't really know but this one is definitely unique of the four times this one is is its own thing yeah absolutely uh marv so seen how much flexing would you do on social media or just at the grocery store if you win this emmy you know it's really the great unknown <laughs> it's really the great unknown i really don't know how different i'm gonna be uh, i can't flex too much because that's one of the bad things about ESPN is that like everybody that you work with has 15 Emmys already. And they're like, Oh, well, you got to have like five or six, right? I'm like, no, I don't have any. Right. <laughs> Jerk. Like, hey, it's a, I have had a friend who's just like posted on social media. It's nice uh, when they got nominated again and they're like, Oh, this is nice. It's been a couple of years since I won another. And you're like, dude, that is like the most smug, like middle fingers all around to that comment. Um, but that's what it's like there. Like you just collect an sure. Emmys like crazy. Um, and as a radio guy there, that was obviously not the picture, but um, yeah, I don't know. I know I'm definitely going to take my week though uh, and <laughs> enjoy it for sure. Treat yeah, it like the Stanley like Cup. The Stanley Cup. Just going to say it's going to be like the Stanley Cup. I'm going to find a way to drink out of that thing. and like <laughs> Head to the bar and place it on the bar top. Yeah. Let's go. Eric? I think honestly, and I don't mean to take it too seriously, but like, I think that's why this one means more to me. I've been on the crew all four years that we've been nominated, but um, you know, I've worked at other big three letter networks and you know, yeah, all my friends that still work there have won it and they might, you know, have done graphics on the show for five episodes that year, or they might be some management person that helps book travel. And, and obviously like that's an important part of all these shows and, I'm not trying to minimize that, but like, I mean, there's literally the backroom guys. I think there's five or six of us and everyone's under 35 ish Marvin somewhere around there. And like, you know, we're not as, you know, there's not a, like, you know, director who's done 15 Olympic games, who's directing the show. You know, it's me, like I was an engineer and then I was an operations guy. I've directed stuff before, but like, it's me, Dylan, Dylan was here. He got his job because he knew how to run a power washer. Like that's why Dylan started walking here or working here because he could help clean up the place before we started construction. And now he's building the graphics, you know? So, you know, it's just, and I mean, Tyler, uh, he didn't even know how to run a power washer, but he was here for that reason. You know, so like, and now he's running the audio on on the video side. So there's just, I, I think that's what makes our nomination and hopefully our win so much more special because everyone is who's nominated and who's on the list has been so much more involved than someone who worked at ESPN or NBC or ABC or Fox. You know, I mean, this is our baby. And I don't mean to take credit for the content because obviously that's the front room guys, but like we're the engine in the back that executes your guys' content plan. We play along and, and, and do whatever needs to be done to get it on air. Um, so that's why for me, and especially cause I focus mostly on the visual side. Um, that's why it's, it, it means so much more to me. And especially since this is the first time that I'd be nominated as a director, I really, really, really want to win this year. <laughs> no, dude, it, you know, you got it. You're absolutely right to, to feel that way. Cause there's a personal investment by everybody here, right? Every single person has uh, a unique role in this, right? Like you were just saying, 
Uh, right. Like somebody could be out power washing one day and then doing graphics the next, or maybe even in the same day. You know what I mean? Like there's, it's not unusual to see like Tyler is playing with Penny and Winnie real quick. And then he runs back in to do sound for a segment, but then he runs outside to check the grill to make sure that uh, something's not burning. And then he runs back in to do this. And then after that, he's got to go uh, like, oh, somebody's cutting the grass or something. It's like everybody wears a million hats here. So, um, yeah, that's why it, it is what makes it sort of like I was saying before, it's what makes it unique, this one, and makes it maybe, um, I don't know if I could say more special or not, but it was when the show very first started in Dan's attic, it was like us against the world kind of thing. It's not quite that same vibe, but it definitely feels like it's us. And we're the ones making it happen. Great, We have great partners and there's other people that are involved in the whole thing. But in terms of like the day to day, it's the people in the building that are making it happen. Um, and that um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I kind of the way that I see it and I know you're a big soccer guy, but it's like uh, we're kind of like the small little country like you know, Trin- Trinidad and Tobago going up against like the United States, which is like, you know, the United or uh, ESPN, which are these big, big countries. Um, and it's just like at some point we have to pull through. Right. And I feel like this is the year that we're that Trinidad Tobago type that I think we're going to pull it out. Um, yeah, it's like you have a it's like Trinidad and Tobago, but they have Ronaldo sort of up front somehow. Yeah, yeah. And then we're trying to figure it out, too, because it's not like we came into this without a, a solid brand. Yeah, to, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so, yeah, yeah. But I know the I know what you're saying, though. It does feel a little David and Goliath ish, even if our David is uh, is a heavy hitter. Yeah, it's messy. or like Ronaldo. Yeah, Mark? yeah, yeah. No, I was actually going to say just that, like. The Dan Patrick show is basically like that expansion team in a small market. And then they get to this point and, you know, could win a championship and they get so close so many times. And so I'm with you. It's almost like, yeah, we're a small market team. Oh, Cleveland. But we have LeBron. It's, it's basically that. <laughs> we have an all time all timer. And we're a small, but we have him. Yeah. The way that Dan, like, I, and I, I've talked about this with people outside of the studio. The way that Dan makes it seem, though, you never kind of realize that he is that Ronaldo while you're here because he's just another, like, dude. And he doesn't have that. He doesn't give off at least that vibe that he's, like, this huge star. He's just another one of the guys that's going around making obscene jokes and kind of busting each other's chops. So that's why they kind of – it's still in my mind plays that way because it's like, no, Dan's just Dan. You lose yeah, sight of he, that. he occasionally um, you get glimpses, right? Because you forget that it's just Dan's just Dan, right? And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, trying to hit you in the nuts one minute. And yeah. then you're like, okay, whatever. That's just Dan. <laughs> and then you'll go out somewhere and you'll be in like, a, I don't know, a restaurant or like somewhere at the Super Bowl or something. And it's like everybody like KG or yeah. something, right? Like today on the show, he's like, hey, man, I've been a big fan forever. You and the show, like whatever this is. Some people say that to BS. Some people though, like, like, Kobe Bryant used to watch the show. He used mm-hmm. to watch the show when he could like that. You know, he Dan does cross into those living rooms just like he does, uh, say, somebody like mine, mm-hmm. you know, like the normal everyday Joe. He, he hits both living rooms like that. And he has access to a whole other life that you forget about that. You're like, dang, dude, I forgot you're a boss. Yeah. You know, like you're kind of like our Boston, like it's cool and fun to hang out with and stuff. And it's cool to do the show. But then like, oh, yeah, you're actually pretty baller of like all of this other stuff that you yep. do. Like, yeah, you could call me one minute and then call 
I don't know, some like random, you know, superstar celeb and be like, oh, hey, so I was playing golf with this billionaire. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You were? Oh, my God. The fact that he like texted me yesterday and then he got a video from Sandler and then he sent that video from me or from Sandler to me is like, I'm like underneath Sandler on his phone. And that's completely mind boggling. You can't hard to put that in perspective sometimes. Uh, Eric. That's what I always love about going on the road is that it's kind of a nice reminder of, of how big the show is because there's 11 of us in the building. 11 people make the show happen on a daily basis. Of course, to Seton's point, there's some supporting cast that help um, with distribution and that sort of thing and sales. But like the actual day to day of the show is 11 people. And sometimes it can, you can lose sight of the fact that there's millions of people, including celebrities like Mark Cuban, right? I, I remember I was with Dan once in LA and he's like, Hey, can you pick me up at, this restaurant at a particular time. And I was kind of like, okay, sure. And then I get there and it was um, Sandler and the head of Sony pictures. And I brought them from one place to another place. And like, you're like, Oh, right. Or like when you go to super bowl and like you do a Buffalo wild wings and it's wall to wall and there's lines outside. And like, it's my job to bring Dan home from that. And it's just like, it's interesting. It's good, I think, when we do go on the road, and, and I hope that we get to go on the road for Super Bowl this year because it's always a good reminder and reset. Like, yeah, that's right. Like, I'm I'm going to do a show that millions of people, including celebrities and people that I could only dream to meet, uh, are watching. And they like when I take the wrong camera, they see it. <laughs> you know, like, so, you know, <laughs> yeah. like it's a good reminder. Of, like, focus, grasshopper. You know. So. <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's sometimes who did we just have on recently? It was like a, a like legendary Hall of Famer, like baseball manager, maybe or something. I forget who it is. Damn it. It wasn't Tony La Russa. It's like, I don't know, somebody that you like grew up idolizing. And you're like, whoa. It's all. And they said, uh, like, oh, I never miss the show. I catch it every day. And they're like, suck it back row or something. Right? And you're like, whoa, they really do get the show. And that's when you, it, it hits me every single time. I'm like, God, they've seen me do so many stupid things. Like they've seen me just—they probably seen the calendar picture. Yes, thing, like, oh, why am I doing this to myself? A turkey picture literally gave me nightmares when I yeah. Like Johnny it. Bench calls in all the time. Like we'll just be talking about something, and it's like, yeah, Johnny ben- Bench is on the line. He wants to weigh <laughs> yeah, in. It's like Johnny Bench is listening to this. It is funny, like the stable—the stable of like re- like regular celebrities, like who are regulars with the show. Who it's like you know like like Johnny Bench is just like on call or like Frank Caliendo will like watch Todd say a limerick and then send in one of his own, you know, there's like the ro- the general rotation. And then like, obviously newer, like less frequent guests, but it is funny. Like Dan, Dan's like immediate, like celebrity crew is like a night, pretty eclectic mix of people. The um, I'm going to name drop here for a second. Okay. But I don't, I don't typically do that, um, but I'm going to do it here. So there is like this, right. Sort of like you're saying, right. This sort of normal celebrity crew, right. That like Adam Sandler is in the mix, right. He knows all of us. He knows our kids' names. He knows like all that stuff. And so we're out one day. This is the weird world that Dan lives in. I'm going to tell you two quick stories, but I think they relate. Um, We're out in Toronto because we're going to shoot pixels. I think it was with adam sandler he's like hey uh, we've told the story before on the air come uh he says to dan i'm taking you and the boys out to dinner tonight we're going over to ivan reitman's restaurant ivan reitman's like famous producer he did like 
uh, I think he did Animal House and Stripes and like all of these classic movies, right? That he made. I think those are his. Um, so we go there and uh, we get to the restaurant. We see Sandman, right? Like, hey, what's up, man? Give him a hug or whatever. Dan Aykroyd walks out and he doesn't introduce anybody. He goes, hey, uh, Danny, Danny, you know the boys, right? And I don't, Dan Aykroyd has no idea who we are, you know? But there's just sort of when you're amongst super famous people like that, you kind of have to buy into the idea that like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be here too because I'm at this table, right? I'm supposed to be here too. So just act normal and talk to people like normal, but it's Dan Aykroyd and he's telling us Saturday Night Live stories. And, you know, Sandler's just like, oh yeah, you know the boys, right? Because like you guys are on TV too. So of course he does. And there's just sort of this like mutual understanding, right? That happened to me one other time that I thought like, this is the most absurd thing ever, but it was the New York City Super Bowl. Jay-Z and Beyonce are doing the direct TV party, right? And I get this bracelet into this like VIP area. And uh, they're like, whoa, this is sick, right? Because there's like all kinds of people there. And there's like drinks and uh, like A-listers all over the place. Chrissy Teigen and John Legend come by in this like big, huge, like swath of security where they're being like ushered up to a place, right? And she stops, gives me a hug. She's like, Seaton, what's up? And John Legend, he's like, hey, what's up, dude? How you doing? And Chrissy Teigen turns and goes, Oh, hey, Kim, you know Seton, right? And just like waves off like this, and it's Kim Kardashian. I'm like, why the hell would Kim Kardashian know who I am? And I'm like, no, and she and she's like, hi, you know, and like they just sort of go off in the security thing, like, oh yeah, you know Seton, right? Kim Kardashian, why the hell would she know who I am? She has no idea who I am. But this is just the world that people they operate in, and that Dan's just like, Oh yeah, you know Dan, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. You just gotta act like, yeah, of course you should know me. If you don't know me, it's on you. What? Imagine if Kim Kardashian was like, "Yeah, suck it back row and just walked away." <laughs> Katy Perry. Well, that, that's the, the Katy Perry thing. Yeah, the tweet. That's suck it front row is like the best tweet of all time. <laughs> there's there's one more story that I want you to share that you've told me, and I was like, "That's really cool." Um, that kind of ties into this. It has to do with somebody rolling their window down as you guys were leaving a party, and you were like, "Oh uh, man, that, that was that's uh, the Dallas Super Bowl." Uh, if it's the same story that I'm thinking of. Um, but that was like, we were just really starting to understand that the show was on TV and people could watch it mm-hmm. um, and that people knew who we are. And because Andrew and I were leaving the Sports Illustrated party, which at the time, I don't know if it still is, but at the time was like one of the parties to get into, right? Everybody goes to the Sports Illustrated party. So it's the one that you spend like a couple of weeks beforehand asking people like, hey, can you get me in? Or you got any tickets? Or you're trading tickets from like the DirecTV party into the Sports Illustrated party or something like that, right? And we were leaving and it was awesome. And like, I remember the Jersey Shore guys were there and everybody was freaking out about them. <laughs> like Paulie D DJing and Sitch is over the there. The situation. Oh, this party's sick. Um, and so we have this great night and we're leaving and there's a, I don't know, big SUV there and the window rolls down and uh, you hear this voice go, hey, don't you boys have a show to do in the morning? Because uh, it's like crazy late. And we look and it's Michael Strahan. And you're like, dude, what? Michael Strahan knows who we are. <laughs> Andrew and I were like floated. We floated all the way home. Like, Michael Strahan knew who we were. That's crazy. Um, that was like, that was a big moment for sure. Yeah, because he like went out of his way to speak to you. It's he not like you, you run into, yeah, he just leaves his window closed. You know? Yeah, he, he just totally ignored us. But instead, you know, that like, it's really, uh, whether he intended it or not, it's like such a great statement on kindness, mm-hmm. you know, like it take mm-hmm. it's one 
quick, that was five seconds of his life to just say something like that, that I'll never forget for as long as I live. It's just like such a small moment like that. A small gesture can like just go so far. Mm-hmm. Eric, you got the last question here today. Well, I don't know if this is uh deserving of the last question of this tremendous moment of in broadcasting history, but how do you go home from that? Because like, that's actually something in no way is Michael Strahan recognizing me, but like in one world, and I, I think about this with Dan too. It's like in one world, he's this legend and right. And I mean, obviously you're not quite Dan Patrick, but like in this world, when you're at Super Bowl week, you're very recognizable. You have a week, you have all these celebrities are around They're like, you know, even just on set, never mind all the parties and the dinners and everything else. And then you go home and it's like, Oh, you forgot to take the trash out today. Right. Like, so like that transition daily, but also after those big events, like what, what is that like? Uh, well, you, you should ask my wife because she was very much for a long time. She would be like, I swear, when you come home from the Super Bowl, you're the biggest. A- <laughs> 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 like, you know what? Uh, you're probably right. And I don't even realize it. But she's like, God, like just take another week. All right. And don't talk to me and just figure yourself out. Uh, not because I don't think I come home thinking like I'm some big shot or something. I just think it's a long week. You, I definitely burn the candle at both ends. Um, there's no doubt about that. And um, I think it takes a little while to recover from that. Like it is a different lifestyle or a different way of living when you, you you're getting up usually pretty early to do the show. You're probably up too late. Um, people like you, there's a car coming to get you. And then you come over here and you do that. And then you got to run over here and do this other thing. And it's, it's awesome. It's so cool. It really is. Um, but if the, if you don't handle it the right way during the week, the fallout the week after when you come home can be, notable <laughs> it can be notable for sure but that being said nobody where i live like uh even knows anything you know what i mean like it's not if we we're if i lived in like los angeles or portland or something it would be a little different but hartford connecticut it's like oh yeah you work in sports too right because everybody there does like there's ex-professional baseball players that live in my neighborhood who also live right next to the gym teacher and the insurance executive you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. there's so many people around me that work in sports that it's not really a thing. All right. I think that's all we got this week. Hopefully at this time next week, uh, we're speaking to you guys as Emmy winners. No, I, if I win an Emmy, I'm out, by the you're way. You're not, you're you're not going to do the show. You're cutting <laughs> yeah, you, the show. You retire week. after that, right? <laughs> Hopefully I'll be here. I'll be here for Emmy winners just to kind of. Okay, you know, tough guy. Just to... <laughs> See, and thank you for spending some time with us after uh, doing the show today. And we appreciate your time. No, man, appreciate you guys. I have a, a blast every time. So thanks for the ask. That's all we got this week for Eric the Big German, Marvin the Prince, Dylan the Graphics Guy. Thanks again to Seaton. I am Ariel. We will catch you guys next week. Have a good weekend, everyone.